0: Welcome to Home Dance Film Festival, the podcast that brings a little bit of the Sundance Film Festival straight into your earholes.
1: We typically discuss two movies that played at Sundance along with one non-Sundance film, but sometimes we don't follow that path, like this week where we are discussing the singular movie Strawberry Mansion that dropped earlier this year.
0: I'm Jessica and I'm Dylan. The Oscars were this past Sunday, so we're going to discuss that first. It was a weird night. Uh, there's already enough discourse and everything about the slap and all of that. So we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. No one needs any more of that. So we're going to talk about people who actually won awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd
1: be great. <laughs> now, before we even get too deep into it, we just got to address the most joyous moment of the night for you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: your girl. Chastain. Chastain. One best actress for the eyes of Tammy Faye.
0: Ooh.
1: How are you feeling in that moment? Take us step by step.
0: I was so anxious because I was worried that it wouldn't happen. So my heart was beating fast, my hands were getting clammy, and I was like, come on, come on. And then they called her name and it looked like she felt like the same way, like that that sweet sense of relief, but then just like, ooh. I said, God damn. God damn. I can't believe this is real. And she's just like, I'm going to soak this up. It was glorious. Mm-hmm. A makeup Oscar
1: <laughs> yep. for
0: whenever she should have won for Zero Dark Thirty.
1: Yeah. Just for context for our listeners who don't know, my co-host here is the same person who did a little booty dancing whenever Chastain got her nomination <laughs> on Oscar mo- Oscar nomination morning. So mm-hmm. this is a real highlight of the year for her. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> And she did deserve it. I mean, I loved a lot of the women in this category, but not only was her performance great, but she's earned it as well, like with all of her work. But even if it's just like in a vacuum this year, I think she gave the best performance.
0: Ooh, strong words. I'm just saying. I've just seen so many people disagree with that, so I guess I've gotten used to people being like, boo, I think because they don't like the movie as much.
1: Yeah, I'm not one typically for transformative performances automatically being, like, Oscar winners, like, I don't think everyone who puts on makeup should win an Oscar just for putting on makeup, but I think that she went a little bit deeper, so I was happy that she got rewarded.
0: Yeah, she's been working on it for a long time, Mm -hmm. this one at least. Mm -hmm. It just happened to be one of those movies where she had to put on a bunch of makeup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like, I mean, not the first one that she's been super transformed because she had to do some kind of transforming for Molly's game, like the wig and everything and makeup. But Mm -hmm. this is like, I think the first really hardcore makeup heavy thing that she's done
1: yeah and it paid off
0: (laughs) yeah I've seen some commentary about they couldn't really believe that she was Tammy Faye it just looked I mean she looked like herself they said so it was like a, a prettier Tammy Faye so they couldn't really get into it but I was just like nah she was into it she had the voice everything I mean yeah you can tell it's Jessica Chastain, but she did a good job disappearing into it.
1: Yeah, we watched the original documentary mm-hmm. the Eyes of Tammy Faye, and like I,
0: which also played at Sundance. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think she got as close as someone can get to that character. Like yeah. she wasn't like Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos. Like she actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> disappeared more into the role. Yeah, I think so too. We could go on for hours about our Chastain love. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should stay. Brain and address the fact that a Sundance premiere <laughs> for the first time ever yeah. won Best Picture. Yeah. Yes, Coda, which we've talked about before in depth, but we both loved it, and we're happy for all the awards that it won. Happy for Sean, happy for Troy, winning supporting actor, but we are also lovers of Power of the Dog here, so mm-hmm. there was no, like, hatred or animosity towards anything. We are happy for
0: whatever happens,
1: so we're excited.
0: Yeah, even though this win for Best Picture will make people hate Coda now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm
1: bummed that people might view it like less enthusiastically. But I think that is outweighed by the fact that Sean will probably get more opportunities. So I'm excited for her in her career and mm-hmm. especially the adapted screenplay win too. like the fact that she herself got rewarded and not just the like, because I don't think she was a producer on the movie. So I'm glad she got an Oscar for what she accomplished with this as well yeah so we're big coda fans here. It's one of our favorites from last year mm-hmm.
0: really love that troy one that yeah. was great mm-hmm. the moment with his speech whenever his interpreter started choking up whenever he was talking about his dad that really got to me yeah because i couldn't tell if it was his regular interpreter so he knew him or if it was just like he was getting so lost in the moment and the emotion that he just lost it with him
1: i th- I think it was his, it sounded like his interpreter from the other shows. So I think he, like, has that relationship with him.
0: It was very sweet.
1: So, mm-hmm. any other wins you were really excited about or that you were disappointed by?
0: Well, I was very disappointed, but I already knew this would happen going in that Kirsten didn't win, Kirsten Dunst mm-hmm. for supporting actress because I just really want her to get one and she deserves it. She's long overdue. So it's just disheartening. But not saying that Ariana. Is awful or anything? Just I would prefer that Kirsten get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and also another Power of the Dog loss that was disappointing was Best Cinematography for Ari Wegner because Power of the Dog so expertly shot. And I mean, Dune is also great, but yeah, Power of the Dog. Yeah,
0: Dune looks good, but it's like a bunch of sand flying everywhere. And you're like, yeah, this looks good. It looks futuristic. But The Power of the Dog looks beautiful. It's like a painting. Ooh. Every shot is a painting. You're going to make us shed some listeners? and <laughs> Dune is just some sand movie? Hey, I didn't dislike Dune. I like it. But I think objectively The Power of the Dog is more pretty than Dune.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd
0: agree hmm
1: dune pretty much steamrolled all the tech yeah <laughs> nominations yeah
0: oh very happy that jane campion won for best director
1: yeah if it was gonna only win one which is insane yeah. it hasn't happened since mike nichols with the graduate mm. then i'm glad she got something because if power of the dog would have been shut out completely that's sad <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah now um we have is it four women who have one or three?
1: Three, I think. Because I think it was Catherine Bigelow was a first Chloe. for her locker. And then Chloe and Jane.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: it's an abundance of riches. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Like three in like 93, four
0: years, something like that. It was the 94th, I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah.
1: All right, let's slow down. to back back-to-back years. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day that it's insane that we're almost at 100 of these things and minorities and women are just still barely Mm -hmm. catching up in certain categories. Yeah. Wild. Did you enjoy seeing Queen Bee open up the show? Oh, yes. That was lovely. I saw a clip from someone who was was one of the dancers and she was talking about how, yes, it was pre-recorded, but the vocals were live. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole production was on a roof, and then they all looked like a tennis ball, like the colors and everything. Mm-hmm. So that could not have fit inside on that stage with the ceremony. Yeah. So I get why she did it. She has, she always has to be like this huge production. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was great. I miss her very much. She hasn't been doing a lot of things like that lately because she's been doing her clothes stuff. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So between Chastain and seeing Beyonce, it was a good night for like major like female figures in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Didn't get a lot of shots of Kristen Stewart hanging out, but in her shorts. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. just yeah. got a few. I saw a picture later of Chastain and Kristen talking mm-hmm. and she was just sitting there in her shorts and I was like Kristen you're so wild <laughs> love it yeah oh also I learned that that picture of Nicole Kidman where she's like freaking out mm-hmm. like that reaction shot that was not in reaction to the slap it was in reaction to her seeing Jessica Chastain oh and I was like that's so sweet <laughs> it was during the awards that they gave out before the official ceremony Mm -hmm. and she saw her and she reached out her arm like like, come Mm -hmm. here and they went over and she talked and hugged her and everything and i was like that's so sweet Mm -hmm. i love that (laughs) just the pure joy on her face love it just seeing a friend Mm -hmm. it's like get over here girl (laughs) (laughs) get your
1: ass over here give me a hug I loved it yeah um i also want to give praise to the three hosts because everyone was down on especially amy schumer before going into the night and i want to say i think everyone did a great job mm-hmm. and anyone who thinks that the uh, kirsten dunce thing was real like a real slight just get out of here just know what comedy is you're I mean, even if you didn't think it was funny, just know she was not disrespecting her. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it was just one of those weird Oscar bits. Yeah. They do to take up time.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that more people got to see... I mean, people knew who Regina Hall is, but like after we saw her in Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, it's this year's Sundance. So I'm excited for people to see that later this year. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I am hope people are getting excited. A big year for her.
0: Yeah. So... I hear that you may have watched something that you'd like to mention briefly.
1: Yes, very briefly. I won't take up too much of our time. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because one of the reasons we haven't been releasing episodes recently is because we've just been super busy and it's hard to find time. So I don't want to take
0: up this entire night. Busy is code word for lazy. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to tell people our business, okay?
1: Um, but yeah, I was lazy over the weekend and <laughs> dove into this really fun new release from Arrow Video called the Yokai Monster Collection, which you saw me like you breeze through the den a couple times and saw me watching this. Mm-hmm. And basically what I want to say about these movies, there's four movies in the set. The first three are, like, a trilogy of movies from, like, the 1960s, and you've talked to me about yokai before, like, the concept of yokai, Mm -hmm. and a very basic, like, description is, like, spirits, basically... Uh, like Japanese spirits. What I liked about these movies, and it's something I've talked to you about, it's like the reason I love the X-Men, and the reason I love 13 Ghosts, like my guilty pleasure, like, horror movie. I like movies where there are, like, a bunch of distinct characters with, like, distinct looks that I can pick, like, ooh, I like that one, I like that one. So, like, different really cool things instead of just, like, a uniform entity, like, same, uh, looking the same. Mm -hmm. So that's what these yokai were giving me. They were all practically constructed puppets and like (laughs) i wouldn't say like paper mache heads or anything but they were like really cool costumes and like there was like a lady that had like a super elongated neck it looked almost like a snake neck and there was like an umbrella with a face on it with like a long tongue coming out of it so
0: this is the one that whenever i came downstairs it's like some puppet pokemon was looking someone's face
1: yeah (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) My favorite of the trilogy was the middle one, and it has the unfortunate title of Spook Warfare. Mm. But um, (laughs) I it was a lot of fun because it had the most yokai in it, and it was like these group of yokai against this one like malevolent force that had rolled into town. And then there's a fourth movie, uh, like it's more modern. It's from like the early two thousands from director Takashi Mike, who's made a lot of like super violent stuff like Itchy the Killer and a bunch of other stuff but he made this movie that's basically like a japanese version of the never-ending story but with yokai Mm -hmm. um the cgi kind of is it ruins it a little bit for for me but it's like a decent watch for like a kid's film but that original trilogy it's a lot of fun so if you want like silly kind of like pokemon-esque fun with a like a little edge of spookiness just a little a little spooky I would recommend the yokai collection from Aero Video. It's really fun and full of special features and like audio commentaries and a 40 minute documentary on yokai. So
0: it's a good release. Whenever I think about yokai, I always think about one of my very favorite anime shows, Kamisama Kiss. Oh, yeah. It deals a lot with yokai and that's like the lighter side of it. Mm-hmm. But then also, I listen to a podcast episode for Halloween that deals with really scary yokai. Mm-hmm. So it's half and half, I guess.
1: Yeah. The second season of the amc show the terror dealt with yokai and um it's highly recommended if you like if you want something spooky dealing with it Mm -hmm. because they
0: can get pretty freaky (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure but you know what's not freaky Hmm. dancing that's true unless you're doing the thriller dance oh you got me there
1: (laughs) but would you want to do the
0: sun dance i think i might (laughs) (laughs) let me limber up
1: September 22nd, 2035, I'm here to perform a preliminary audit, it appears we have no tax records for you or your property, and I couldn't help but notice all the tapes have been not updated to the new format, you know the air sticks became mandatory seven years ago, I guess I lost track of time, I will begin
0: my audit immediately, he's waking up, where's Bella, you want to kiss me, what?
1: Do you believe that your dreams are your
0: own? Of course. Strawberry Mansion premiered in the next section at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. It was written and directed by Kentucker Audley and Albert Burney. It stars Kentucker Audley, Penny Fuller, Grace Glowicki, and Reed Burney. In a future where the government records dreams and taxes them, a dream auditor gets caught up in the dreams of an aging eccentric. I really enjoyed this movie. I had high expectations because I really love things that involve dreams and sleep and whimsy. Whimsy. (laughs) Whimsy. so it didn't let me down. It's just great fun. What's interesting is we watched another movie starring Kentucky Oddly, also involving sleep, shortly after this one, so I was really excited about that one too, and I kind of liked this one a little bit more in first watch than that one. The other one is called Solid Night, and that one, I think, is more of a grower, because the more that I think about it, the more that I like it, but like, first watch i liked strawberry mansion more Hmm. i just think it's really fun and i like how the story progresses and what it's about it has a lot of sci-fi elements but also fantasy and it's very much like watching an 80s fantasy movie Mm -hmm. it has the practical effects which they did on purpose because they really like those the filmmakers and the way that it looks is very it looks kind of old it has that film grain because they did that transfer from digital to 60 millimeter. Mm-hmm. If you like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, you will definitely like this one. It's all dream logic-y and you just gotta let it take you where it's gonna take you. It's one of those things where you can't just try to figure it out as you go because nothing, you're not gonna... There's just random stuff. Yeah. So that's what's fun about it. And there's like a love story woven through it it's like the through line and it's really pretty
1: yeah i was also quite intrigued by this movie if for those who listened to our episode about christmas again this is the same actor who was in that kentucker oddly i enjoyed that movie quite a bit and i like this movie even more even if it doesn't have the kind of bittersweet christmas spirit surrounding it uh which elevated that one the more i think about this movie the more i seem to appreciate it and like enjoy it yes you can compare this to eternal sunshine for a number of reasons um but uh i agree with you whenever you say you, you kind of just have to let things happen like if you if you are not the type of person who will just allow yourself to just enjoy unexplainable things you won't like this movie you're like why is this person look like this all of a sudden or why is this happening and knowing that you won't really Get that explanation besides just like it's what someone is dreaming of, then you have to know what you're getting into with this movie.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And for as much as I think of, like, Charlie Kaufman with this type of movie, what just struck me as we were preparing for this is it would help if I had seen more of his movies, like, more recently, but it kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Terry Gilliam's work, especially with the corporate angle, like, introduced, because a large portion of this is, like, advertising and dreams and, like, working for the man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff. And from what I remember about Brazil, it's a lot of... That that like oppressive entity being under the thumb of the man, basically, and not dystopian necessarily because it's not post-apocalyptic. I guess it's kind of dystopian, but it's just kind of like mm-hmm. a. It's just not post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, just kind of that uh, work till you drop mentality that James, the character of Kentucky Kentucker Oddly, is like caught up in. It mm-hmm. seems to go along really well with what I remember from Brazil. So I think this would make an interesting double feature with that. And if you're a fan of that movie or like Time Bandits or just more of his fantastical stuff, I think you are on the right wavelength for this. I've never seen either of those movies. So
0: that's more incentive <laughs> for you to watch those. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> James, he just pretty much is like stuck in this going through the motions kind of thing. He's like a cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. He doesn't question anything he just does it to survive like um lost in routine Mm -hmm. but whenever he meets this other this older woman who was described as the aging eccentric Mm -hmm. arabella but she goes by Bella for short. She's considered eccentric because she is, she colors outside of the lines. Mm -hmm. She's not caught in the same rat race as he is. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't even live in the gray, dreary city that he does. So she's away from all of the constant advertisements and everything. But what you learn is maybe she was supposed to meet him all along. Was this predestined? Who even knows? Mm -hmm. Interesting. The whole thing is like a dream within a dream. Sometimes you can't even tell it's real. But I like that about it.
1: Yeah, I like their dynamic and how he seems, like, cosmically drawn to her. And he doesn't really... It's interesting because you don't... Whenever you first see them interacting, there's such a stark age difference that you're like, okay, what's going on here? Because she's, like, a good 30-ish years, 30, 40 years older than him. Mm -hmm. And you're just, like, interesting. But then, like once dreams begin to happen and you get to see, like, a younger version of her and how that ties into the plot, I don't know, the evolution's just really striking. Mm -hmm. And it's an unconventional, like, just like she is. It's, like, it's an unconventional love story, but it's all set up as, like, that's what you kind of want. She's living in her
0: strawberry mansion. Like, that's the name of her house. I like that it seems to have, like, a bunch of different influences, but the things that I think of, aren't their influences, but it just Mm -hmm. makes me think about it Mm -hmm. because I like them. Like how it does remind me of Fahrenheit 451 a little bit, how the government is so in your brain and controlling, just like in this world, in this movie, it's trying to control you to be a good consumer, just constantly feeding you advertisements and what you think you may need. Because I I do like sci-fi a lot, so I like that element. It's eerie, which... Is a nice touch. And then, like I told you before, it reminds me a lot of Stardust for some reason. Oh, yeah. That movie that it seems like no one really saw except for me and my friends. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 2007 that it came out where he's going into this other magical world to find the fallen star. who was Claire Danes mm-hmm. to bring it back, to impress a girl, to win her love but it's like this whole fantastical journey through this world and he changes and grows and and then he comes back to the normal world and he's like, what am I doing this for? He leaves that world and then he learns what is out there. He wants to go home, but he's changed. So he doesn't really fit in home anymore and he's better outside of it. And this one in Strawberry Mansion, it's like that. He doesn't really fit in his old world anymore, which isn't a bad thing. So I like all those connections. But I also really like those movies, so it makes sense.
1: Yeah, another connection I, we were talking about,
0: books, I should say.
1: <laughs> true. We were talking about this recently. I can't remember the movie we were talking about, but there were moments of this movie that reminded me of Idiocracy. Um, because if you can help me remember this, what is the flavor that they introduce at the beginning of the movie at the drive-through? They're like, "Do you want to try this shake or something or this drink?" And it's like some like weird combination of flavors, and he's like, "Why would?" anyone try that and he's like no okay give it to me
0: yeah i can't in the movie yeah yeah it's like a it's like a milkshake with like gravy and chicken yeah. yeah 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 I think like ground up or something yeah it's
1: like a gravy or like think turkey dinner or something like that milkshake yeah and he's just like oh sounds disgusting yeah i'll try it <laughs> yeah okay i will try that <laughs> yeah it just kind of reminded me of something you'd see in idiocracy
0: yeah it makes me think of like mountain dew or whatever the drink that they're all obsessed with mm. oh yeah <laughs> that they water the crops with and they're like i don't know why it doesn't grow <laughs> and he's like because you need
1: water <laughs> Um, Another aspect I want to praise about this movie, it would never be, like, an Oscar-nominated movie. This has some dope production design, like, all the worlds that they're able to construct. Yeah, they're really sometimes simple but they're like intentionally so like they're quote unquote low rent but Mm -hmm. like the way they're able to like put these worlds together I find it really like charming and like the costumes and there's like this villainous figure that's kind of looks like a skeletal bull type thing which is like terrorizing the lands basically and just the way it's shot like i said i don't want to keep just using charming but it's just like so simple that you're just like what is this movie this is so (laughs) fun (laughs) because it's like some friends got together to make just the movie they wanted to make and it's like i guess what I respond to so well is, like, the, this vision is so pure. Like, you can tell that, like, there wasn't any, like, studio interference. This was just what they wanted to do. Yeah. And that's, I, I think I read this in your amazing review on <laughs> geekvibesnation.com. That's a plug because this was, you wrote a really great review. but. Mm, thank um, you. I think you were talking about, or maybe it was just we were talking about this uh, at some point, the working relationship between Kentucker and the director. Were they co-directors on this one? Yeah. I think you were saying that they intentionally, like, make really small budget movies so they can just do whatever they want.
0: I think you read that somewhere. Okay. I didn't mention that in the review.
1: Okay. I have read that, where they, like, <laughs> um, basically to stay away from the system in order to... It sounds, like, high-minded, like artistically pure to like not have to compromise they don't spend a lot of money so they can just get away with doing what they want because it won't cost people like a (laughs) bunch of money (laughs) yeah so they're like always like finding ways to cut corners and everything and then it does result in them being able to do fun and interesting things yeah
0: i mean what you feel whenever you're watching that whenever you're saying like "God, i just love this it's charming Mm. That's what they're intending to do, though. Mm -hmm. That's why they use those effects on purpose. The practical effects instead of just being, like, digital or whatever. And it's... A lower budget mm-hmm. so they did what they could but they really really like practical effects
1: yeah i mean that's what i was saying earlier with like the yokai stuff like i love just a costume of just like a person with some kind of weird mask on that's <laughs> just been made and rather than just like all the stuff we get now of just like here's a cgi face that's terrifying you're like but is it really i don't yeah. i don't need like all of this i just need something that feels real to the world.
0: Yeah. It's more, like I said in my review, it's more tactile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There's a part where there's a waiter who just has a frog head mm-hmm. on and it's just like a suit that you would see outside a restaurant or whatever, just mm-hmm. spinning a sign or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, this is right. <laughs> and I think you're talking about the like potato, uh, escaping by potato or something like that. Yeah.
0: That's, that's like my um, comparison or example, like dream logic, oh, yeah. because like their whole journey, whenever they're trying to get back to where they need to be Mm -hmm. like strawberry mansion away from all the evil people and evil forces all this weird stuff happens but then like to get out of it it's just like weird logic so i was just saying like whenever you're in a dream and you're in a plane and it's just crashing down to the earth and then suddenly you're like oh right i have a potato Mm -hmm. in my backpack i'll use this and it levitates for some reason Mm -hmm. so it's just weird it just happens yeah
1: one of my favorite unexplicable scenes i'm not gonna like spoil this or anything but i'll just tell like the setup there's a part where the james character is trying to rescue bella who's been chained up and just the way that plays out i was just on edge so much but i was just like is this happening right now <laughs> because it just it didn't seem like that's how it should play out but i was just like okay okay like the, like just that the movie didn't try to do more than it needed to, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a certain way.
0: Yeah. I like how it also did the thing where it incorporated certain sounds into the dream. Mm -hmm. Like whenever you hear certain sounds in real life, whenever your alarm goes off and then you pick up a burger and then it starts making your alarm clock noise and you (gasps) look at it and you're like, what? And then you wake up. It did that where it has certain noises in the dream. It can be startling at times, but... It was used effectively.
1: You reminded me of something I wanted to mention. We were talking a lot about kind of the dream world of stuff, but I do want to give a shout out to someone we haven't mentioned much yet, and that is Reed Burney, who plays Bella's adult son, who was also pretty fantastic in Mass, which Mm. played at the same Sundance Film Festival. And he obviously wasn't as good in this as he was Mass, but he was given way more to do
0: in mass yeah
1: uh but he was really good in this he was having a good year at sundance that year
0: yeah he's in a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. i think we saw something recently with him in it and i can't remember what it was and i was like oh i'm seeing him a lot lately
1: yeah like now that we really know him it's just like oh he's in this and he's in this and he's in this Mm
0: -hmm. there's a part where there's a poem being read and i guess it occurs several times that this poem is being read but i was wondering if they had written it or if it was from something because it sounded so familiar like i had heard it before but then i realized maybe it was just because i had heard it so much in the dream it's that weird dream stuff where it's like oh wow this is familiar like deja vu but i think maybe they did that on purpose because i tried looking it up and i couldn't find it anywhere i think they wrote it it's really pretty i like it
1: if anyone watches this movie and knows this poem or something (laughs) let
0: let us know let me know i did i wrote it down Hmm. all that i Heard them say, and then I looked up what I wrote down, and nothing came up. So,
1: Kentucker, if you're listening, let <laughs> us know.
0: <laughs> it really fits with
1: the story, so I feel like they probably wrote it. Yeah, it's a very good poem. Speaking of a different kind of lyricism, even though it's not any words to it, I wanted to praise the Dan Deacon score because I'm a big Dan Deacon fan. I've had the honor of seeing him one time in person with your my cousin your <laughs> cool cousin Steph. <death. laughs> Um, but I love him and he did a really good job with the score and if you haven't heard any of his stuff I would recommend it. He's always a good
0: electronic time. Yeah, I really like the score. I forgot to mention that in the review, but it was really nice. I just recently listened to it again mm-hmm. while I was writing, actually. So yeah, everyone uh, should check out this movie and let it take you on a journey because it's beautiful. And I like things that can tell you about the power of dreams, like it uses that, that whole thing because dreams are so mysterious. They've always been mysterious since humans have had dreams. So I think it's a really great movie. If you love Charlie Kaufman stuff, you'll, you should definitely watch this. But if you don't, still watch it. Give it a chance.
1: Yeah, like little micro-budget indie movies like this need your support. So if you're wanting, like, a fun fantastical time, recommend it.
0: Oh, good for you! And how was it?
1: Jessica, be a pal and give me that rating system.
0: My rating system is VHS tapes. I would give this movie 4 VHS tapes out of 5. What's your rating system?
1: Well, obviously, my rating system is gravy shakes mm, mm-hmm. and I would slurp on <laughs> three and a half gravy shakes out of five Ooh! if you want to see what you think of this movie it is currently available to purchase on digital and I learned recently that they announced a blu-ray will be coming out for this one and DVD in the middle of May so stay tuned for that and hooray for physical media <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Home Dance Film Festival. Join us again next time when we'll be
0: discussing
1: something or other
0: that'll probably be pretty cool. If you have any thoughts or opinions about the show or movie suggestions, you can write us at homedancepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us at homedancepod. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave a rating or a review. And if you do not like the show, I don't know, just maybe I don't want to hear from you and... I'm just going to (laughs) say, I I get it. Like... (laughs) I get it. I get it, but I don't need to read it, okay? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> God bless you.
1: But if you must tell me what you think, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dylan Gonzalez 2 You can also find me publishing reviews almost daily at geekvibesnation.com.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at JustThenZero underscore. I changed my handle because I get bored sometimes. Mm. So I got to change it up. And you can also find me contributing to GeekVibesNation.com.
1: Yes. Like I said, if you want to read her Strawberry Mansion review or her Saul at Night review, both of those are aces. Ooh, tops. tops. Thanks. We are proud to be a part of the Geek Vibes Nation podcasting network. Original music for the show is provided by Andrew Carroll, who can be found at musicbyandrewcarroll.com. Original artwork for the show is provided by Ben Belcher, who can be found on Instagram at theartofbenbelcher.
0: I've been Dylan. And I've been Jessica. Order up for a hot gravy sundae? Oh, that's me. Can you put a little extra gravy on the side? Make it extra hot. Oh, yes, ma'am, I can. We are truly blessed. Bye. Bye! Gucci!